Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, we've had a week with Bajja, Bazia, whatever the heck you want to call it, and we're going to talk about lore. Uh, if you missed last show, we had Svi on to talk about first impressions, and I'm sure it'll continue to be a topic as the times go forward and we approach patch 5.4. But for now, we've got some more to unpack, so I think you already know who's going to be here. I'm here. No one cares. Sly's here. People care. And Ethis is here. Meh. And that's just here, and everyone's like, yay! 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 The guy who makes everyone Everyone else feel like idiots. (laughs) Not on purpose. Someone to explain the, like, 50,000 words worth of info dumps that we've got in the last week. Yeah, I'm sure Koji has a fun time with those. Oh, jeez. Well, that's not, I mean, it's not Koji, it's Matsuno. But, I mean, he's he's part of localization. He's part of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he still has to... Actually... Yeah. Can we can we start with that? There's been there has been what I can only suspect to be a localization issue between patches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you guys did you guys pick this up? So in five point two five, um and and in the um uh the live letter preceding five point two five, we were calling Castrum Lacus Lator Alamut Castle. Um named after the Iranian Alamut Castle, the headquarters of the, the Hashishin from, uh, you know, the 11th century, which is a, the, we, we talked about this cult of, um, you know, assassins, uh, that were manipulating political events and stuff like that. They were taken out, taken out by the Mongolians. Um, but that's, they're like, the, where you start in the first Assassin's Creed game, that's, that's Alamut Castle. It's like the basis for the Assassin's Creed franchises, that sort of mythology and all that. Um, and we saw a lot of references to that in the design of Borja and the design of the Castrum, Alamut, which has now been renamed to Alermuk between patches. And all of the previous references to Alamut have been changed to Alermuk, but they haven't changed in the Japanese. They're still using the Kana, uh, Al- Al- Alamuto, I think. Alamuto? Something, something to that effect. Um, and there's, there's one other. There's, uh, Leon was previously spelled L-I-O-N. Yeah, that one. Changed I know. to L-Y-O-N. Yeah. And there's confusion about the REM, the REM and SAS thing, right? You, you guys are No, no, no. There's an answer to that. There's an answer to that. There, there is, there is, but it's not, it's not clean. Um, yeah, so, so we, we were first told that, um, Menenius Rem was the second in command. And we were like, oh, that's confusing. He must be using like a non-traditional command structure because it's normally the sus that's second in command, whereas Rem is a, is a, is a lower rank. Um, and we've got Marsak saying, uh, I've, I've got it here. Uh, yeah, that Leon was demoted from sus to Rem and the Menenius was promoted. From Rem to Sass, but even in some of Marsak's dialogue, they're still like getting the two mixed up. Um, sometimes they'll call Leon Leon Ren, sometimes they'll call him Leon Sass. And I guess we can kind of explain this is like, oh, it's a war zone, their intel's not very good. Their their main like intelligentsia turned out to be an enemy operative, spoilers. Um, and then maybe she's just really good at counterintelligence. But this is, this is the first time since the, fl- the, the Phlegathon Acheron thing 
um, that was changed in 2.3 that we have been able to see like the threads in the narrative so clearly. And I think it's a localization issue because we know that like normally for MSQ and pretty much everything, you write the English, you write the Japanese side by sides. Um, and the localization is sort of done by like combining the two. Whereas this seems like Matsuno has just written like a novel and just given it to Koji and Koji is like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, they've implemented what they implemented in 5.25 and they decided like some things that were, they, they didn't want to be localized that way. The one that really bothers me is Alamut. I, I can't. So, I have to imagine, the only thing I can imagine is because it's a real place, they've decided to shift away from it, you know? Because that mattered with Dunscape, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Dunscape is, is it, is it different? Like, it's a mythological thing, it's ruins. Alamut is the same, they're like these ruins in Iran that, uh, you know, this, this sort of like cultural heritage, but they're nothing, as far as I understand, that has any particular, like, modern, contemporary, like, religious significance, which I think would be, like, the, the, the only potential issue. But maybe they've tried to move away from, like, that directly for some, like, cultural sensitivity issues, but I don't... I don't know. So thanks, Is everyone, for talk? tuning in to State of the Realm. Uh, before we start the show, i got to shout out <laughs> our sponsors. <laughs> Please. Thank you to Steel Series for sponsoring this week's episode of Stay the Realm, as they always do. Uh, last month's giveaway ended. I'll pull the winner uh, off. Either I'll pull it before the end of the show or I'll pull it off stream and I'll contact the winner. There'll be a new giveaway under uh, this video on YouTube. Enter it. It's free stuff to win from Steel Series or use the discount code and buy stuff for yourself. Or wait till Black Friday and then buy it, but still use the link. Do it. You don't have to. It's fine. Thank you to them for sponsoring. Also, thank you to our sponsors over on Patreon, whose names are scrolling in the top right, and I will give them a longer shout-out later, because there's actually a few that popped up this morning that I need to add to that list. Might as well give them a shout-out when the time comes a little bit later. So now we can start talking lore, all right? <laughs> About eight minutes into I'm the sorry, show. I'm sorry. I've been pulling my hair out. Like, I just... Well, I clearly not, like... looking at how much is on your fucking head, but... Oh, you should have seen it a couple days ago. <laughs> I'm just having on. Wow. There's so much here, and I'm having so much trouble reconciling it. We know we know more about. Um, let me let me just take one of these random names. Her name is Peter Longus. We know more about him than we know about Yustola. Like what? The heck, Matsuno? This is too... I love it. I love it. But this is so much to to get our heads around. Yeah, Matsuno is like, listen, until they let me make tactics too, I'm not fucking around anymore. All right? Until, mm. until I can finally whip that book back out that he brought to that one live letter. He's like, I'm I'm going to write as many novels as I can. Doesn't he, doesn't he own his own company on top of this and he's writing all this shit? Doesn't he own his own development studio or something? Uh, I don't know, actually. I, I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, he, does, he hasn't worked at Square Enix. He stopped working at Square Enix in the middle of 12's development. Yeah, he did. He did. Hmm. I could have swore he you know was what? like... Let me, let me find that for you. But he's just no, going he nuts here. A planning, 
Here we go. He founded a planning, screenplay, and production-oriented company named Algebra Factory in 2016. Yeah. Uh, during this era, he was hired by Square Enix producer Tandy Ivelisse. Um, so he, he's, he's made this company but hasn't done anything with it. <laughs> well, I mean, founding it doesn't mean it does anything. Yeah. Like, I founded my Twitch channel, but I mean, look at me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, he's just, he's done that. Yeah. He hasn't done anything. <laughs> He's got something in development. So, so it seems. A, a Kickstarter called uh, Unsung Story. Oh yeah, no, yeah. But, he submitted the story. That that's a disaster. We don't want to talk about Unsung Story. Yeah. I'm a ba- I was a backer of yeah. Unsung Story. That's a disaster. We don't need to talk about right now. Development had been stopped for lack of resources. Yeah, so he's he made this production company. He hasn't done anything with it. Well, that explains why he has all the time to write all this lore about these fucking characters yeah. and, and evil yeah, and Damasca and everything. I do <laughs> wonder how much of what he's written here would have played into anything he had done with Ivelisse in the future. Because this, the, I mean, he's, he went really, really ham on mm-hmm. absolutely every aspect. Which, again, I'd like to point out, I really feel like they should have highlighted more that Matsuno was returning to write this instead of talking so much about Yokotaro with the Nier series. Like, Yeah, of course. This is way more interesting. It's a much better story. Low bar, um, but, you know. And a much better story than Eureka, for that matter. Yes, by and far. That's, um, I mean, I feel like that was true, even with just the first hour to hour and a half we had back in point two five. Mm-hmm. Some of it was just confirmation mm-hmm. of things we already knew. But mm-hmm. it was there was a lot of lore splaining even in that like short time frame as we were introduced to the resistance and Nakoto's involvement in it, which is now starting to make a whole lot more sense as we'll talk about uh, in this mm-hmm. in this little chapter here. So uh, at this we did a we did a show with just general thoughts on Bazio yeah. um, on mm-hmm. Friday. You've done yeah. this before, you know that we like to give the guests you know obviously you just you come mm-hmm. on to talk about lore, but obviously you have thoughts on the content itself. So. Take a little section here um, to give your impressions on it, uh, and uh, then we'll get started talking about the story. I'd say two two major things, two major like takeaways for me um, are two things that I want in like just all other content, like open content in subsequent expansions. Um, one is the skirmishes and, and critical engagement, something like that in open world content. I think would be phenomenal. I think that the feeling of Borja is like what. Yoshida perhaps had in his head for Northern Thanalan. You know, it's like we want, we want a war zone. We want this feeling of like a dynamic war zone. And I feel like they've really like nailed that sense. Um, I also think back to talks leading into a realm reborn about the idea of having like, uh, primals as world bosses. Um, that is something that could be handled like critical engagements as well. And that would be really, really cool to see, you know, if you're just like questing in Uldar and you get this notification of someone's, uh, you know, the, the, the Amal Shah summoned free in the Sargoli desert, like get your butt down there and, and engage with it. And then other people kind of questing around can like see that it makes it feel, it makes the world feel, you know, alive and dynamic and stuff like that. It'd be really cool. Uh, the second is obviously the, the law logs. I've been asking for the longest time for something like, 
the law delivery system in Elder Scrolls where you go around and you collect books and you can, you have them and you can display them on bookshelves in your house or whatever. Um, this is, you know, the closest we've had to that and having these collectibles is something we should have everywhere in the same way that we've got, um, or Christian rolls and triple triad cards. Give us these little law dossiers. It's stuff that I would certainly be grinding. Um, and then again, let me, like be able to physically like put them on a bookshelf in my player housing and make my own little library. That's what I want. That's my two like major takeaways. Um, other than that, Castrum's great, you know, as a more approachable version of Baldesian Arsenal. I, I, I really like it. People are frustrated that it's, it's quite difficult to, you know, get into and you have to like sit in the instance and hang around. And we know that the, the next one, the, in, um, uh, 5.45 presumably is going to be, uh, more like approachable. You'd be able to queue in it from, from outside the, the instance, I think I said. Well, I don't think they've ever explicitly said that, but it's almost implied in a sense that it'll be more approachable. For, for Delubrum? Yeah. Yeah. Delubrum approachable? I think that's what they would well, I mean, that's suggesting. what normal mode is for. Normal mode is for that. The thing yeah. is, the numbers 24 and 48 add up to the current cap. On, in the Bosnian zone, yeah. So that's why yeah. I'm not I'm not really a hundred percent confident that it's going to be queuable from the outside. But it would. But given okay. that we can't queue into Bosnia uh, Bosnia itself as a group of forty eight, and then queue, in, I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of has to be from the outside. For that I to mean, make you, sense. you can. There's a little bit of wizardry no, that you no, have to you do. Th- there's no way they're like, yeah, we made the system for forty eight people to get in pre mades. <laughs> but by the way, uh, sync up your queues in Discord it, it and takes, hope that you land in the same. Instance. It takes a bit. <laughs> we did that for we did that for BA. I don't think that's going to be part of the frustration of of Deluperum because there. Mm. Why else would you make it require yeah. all these pre made parties and shit? Mm-hmm. So, and then on mm-hmm. top of that, if if everyone in the zone was to, all seventy two people are doing the instance, if it like if it was twenty four and forty eight, it was all then all of a sudden the zone's just like okay. <laughs> I guess I'm here for no reason at this point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, those, those were my major takeaways that I think weren't sort of, you know, very thoroughly and explicitly covered by you guys last week, I guess. Um. How's your dual luck? How is my what now? Dual Dual luck. luck. My dual lock. Lock? Like, as in how lucky? Oh, luck. Oh, right. No, you just got me a little bit of a joysy there. Uh, terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) I've, I've done one with old, um... Uh, oh shit! What's his name? Sartovoir. Yeah, Sa- Sa- Sartovoir. Yes. His last name is Soranus. Yeah, yeah Soranus. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I had a Soranus when he was done with me. <laughs> I knew it was coming. God damn. Okay. Uh, um, um. Yeah, I did him blind today, and well, it sounds like he I did got, you. Based he on did the, me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I don't think he was blind though. No, I think show. I think he already knew all of my mechanics before we went in. He didn't seem to have much trouble. Um, yeah, he got me with a tornado. He smacked <laughs> me with a tornado. Feels bad, man. Uh, so that was good. Um, okay. Speaking speaking of um, Soranus, Soranus, uh, is he related to the twins? That's what I was wondering. Because it didn't say anything mm. in his log. I, as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh man, I got to see that log. So I got to see how he's related to the twins. The twins, I don't think, the, the twins are Ellison. I don't think they are. 
No, I'm pretty sure. We've never seen her faces. We've never yeah. seen her faces. Yeah, yeah. well, we, we their their skeletons use here females, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, they're not even using either regular Galian skeletons. They're using um, just uh, Midlanders. So mm. I'm a little bit confused about that, considering he is. Uh, I think he's from Landis, isn't he? He sure is. I can't pronounce the name no. of the place he's from. It's it's, I, it's 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 made up. I don't know how to pronounce he it. He is from. Uh, let me let me see if it, I can. It's a really long this. name. It's like it's like Mana. It's like Mana. Uh, Mana. Mana. Mana Thewo. Mana Thewo. There you go. Yeah. That's Mana Yes. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yes, he is a mage knight, so a battle mage, effectively, from Manathewa, um, which, uh, was a Dalmascan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a city in, in Dalmasca. Um, and, uh, basically, rather than, um, bringing that cadre of, Battle mages into the imperial army. They decided to, you know, burn them, burn them to the ground. Um, and a couple of them, you know, uh, escaped and uh, survived, living in in secret in recluse, including this guy. And then Bush just kind of rolled up and was like, "Hey, check out my my bulging pecs." And Sardavar was like, "Oh man." You're not even carrying a sword, and I could tell that you're just like really. Mm, mm. That's right. That's, well, that's how you know. I mean, realistically, Serenus is probably just the name they get after they join. Oh, oh, oh! Right. So it's like a it's like an epithet for people that were recruited by by Bash. Yeah, there you go. Well, by the by the <laughs> army, it's just it's like a rank, like right. sauce and ram. So he and didn't coal he and... didn't want to join. They had to ask him like several times, and then they stopped asking him nicely, and he subsequently became a Soranus. There you go. When Bash stopped asking, well, him no, nicely. willingly because he saw Bash without his armor on. And he's like, I need some of that. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's better. That's better. Yeah, that's the that's the happier uh, timeline. That's a comparison. Oh, this is just, we're just starting, Sly. <sighs> we are just. There's so much text. Off. We need to paraphrase. All right, Sly. Oh, God. Yeah. There's way too much here. Um, <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, okay. Wanna... At this. Yeah. Before anything else, uh, did you have a did you have a favorite uh, skirmish critical that you were a big fan of? Hmm. Not really. I I kind of hmm. really like all of them. I mean, the red chocobo was you know just a great meme. Um. But honestly, meme. honestly, maybe the undead behemoth. I thought was really interesting. Okay. I just really liked just kind of taking all of them. There was so much variety. Um, and they weren't just like, you know, face rolling, you know, S ranks or, um, or fates. They were actually like, they required a little bit of thought, a little bit of coordination. I think they, they sort of tuned them really well. So I don't think I do have like explicitly a favorite. That's a lot of toilet paper for you, sorry. That's not toilet paper. That's no, is it's, it's paper towels. Mel, Mel just came in there and said, "I got the you a picker, present." Picker upper. I got you a present, and it's and it's this. 
and just threw it on my floor and walked out. That's nice. So Hap is the next bounty add on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. The quicker picker upper. Hmm. Why is that a gift for me? We use them around that. We both use them around that. Why is that a gift for me? Maybe uh, do you spill know. a lot of stuff. No. Yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah, no, I don't. Hmm. But I do yeah, use every them. Every station needs bounty. I do use them sometimes to like dry his cat bowl or something. Like instead of like using the the hand towel or something because I don't want to like I don't want any like cat food on the hand towel or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess that. Or when he, oh yeah, or when Aloha throws up. I guess that's that's probably when they see the most use. Yeah, because he's an asshole. Hmm. Uh, I was surprised you didn't say Lofi. I was Chad brought out. I thought you were going to say Lofi was a favorite with the Monoceros. Uh, I I like that. You know that was interesting. <clears throat> um, but no, I don't. I don't think like the engagement was anything like stand out. Um, I think I've only done that one once. Really? Lucky you. I've done it so many times, yeah. I can't even fucking count. I wonder why really? the Empire is like, that thing can kill undead. How should we beat it? Throw an undead at it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. It's a doy. We understand exactly how this thing works, and I know that we can't beat it like this, so let's go. Uh, yeah, they're not very they're not very bright, are they? I mean, the fourth is no, as bright as really. they come, as far as I'm concerned. So we should probably mm. we've we've dived into like lore logs and and everything already yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but let's take a step back and look at the, the bigger picture here, because mm. it kind of it's, it starts off feeling very Eureka E for this patch in that essentially every time you go back to do a quest. It's you get a little bit further or, you know, you open mm -hmm. up a new zone and, oh, here's an NPC you can talk to that'll teach you how to appraise this item or lock boxes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But between all those little bits, we start getting inklings of like what's actually happening while we're doing all this. Because like while we're actually pressing up towards the Castrum, there's another sequence of events that's happening in tandem mm -hmm. with this that goes it, it's largely set up and then goes unnoticed by the team, and then it all comes mm -hmm. to a head by the time uh, all is done. So the big thing here is Mizia, I think her name is, um, who yep. in back in the previous part was pretty much the person who put the idea of re, re like bringing back Gunhilder's blades in the first place. Yeah, she's an archaeologist. Um, yeah. She studied at some... Um, I don't know if she studied at the Imperial Magistic Academy, Um I don't know if they handle archaeology, but uh, it was certainly somewhere in the capital. Um, yeah, she studied ancient archaeology. And you're right, she was the one that planted the idea in Barsharshan's head to pursue uh, the Queen's Blades. And, you know, obviously was working up towards this the, uh, the whole time. Um, but uh, the Crystal Focus is kind of like the the, the driving... Uh, fulcrum for our like push towards the castrum as we're trying to get access to these uh, ethereal streams that resonate with a particular frequency which we need to charge the the crystal focus we're trying to identify a certain a certain frequency um, because the crystal focus needs to be jeez oh, she did the whole like NRR type you know bloody thing again and Sid wasn't there to, uh, you know, tell her to explain it to us like we were five. Yeah. Um, so. 
Every time, it's Makoto. A every bit, time. It's not. It's not impenetrable, but it's certainly um, esoteric. Uh, but yeah, that was basically it. We're trying to find a reservoir with suitable stores of ether to charge the focus. Can I? Can um, I ask what might be a stupid question? Sure. We'll talk about it a little more later, but Firelight's Coffin is right there, right? Right at the south. Is right. there not just a bunch of over-aspected ether there and crystals like we did with uh, with uh, back in 2.5 when we were gathering ether? Is that not eligible? Yeah. No, because it's not, it's not like... Um, it's not that we need a place of like high ethereal density or a place with like a certain aspect. It's a certain like resonant frequency. So it's not about the amount of ether or the element of ether, right? It's about the um uh, like the bandwidth of it. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it's more about the the like ether of like mind and memory and you know, basically stuff that's conducive to, to that. Um, yeah, only and boy, does that backfire. To have that. Yeah. 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 Yes. So the way we're explaining, we're using these spectrometers, large ether currents we're tracking, like giant rivers fed by streams, different kinds of ether. We can, we need to pick out a specific one we need. Um, yeah. So it's not just like, oh, we need somewhere with a shit, shitload of ether to charge this thing. It's a very, very specific frequency that we need to isolates. And Mizya needs that <laughs> frequency. Very exactly yeah. that frequency. Um, yes. They use Mizya at first to also explore a facet of uh, Bosnia. So we know, we know kind of generalities about Bosnian society before the incident mm-hmm. and before occupation. Dating mm-hmm. all the way back mm-hmm. to the time of the Allegans. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, that's where the whole Save the Queen legend kind of comes from is all the way back then. And uh, mm-hmm. it talks largely about the class system of Basia being uh, almost identical to Ulda, in a sense, I suppose, other than being a matriarch. I guess also, Ulda's also a matriarch, yeah. technically, even if it has the syndicate. So, um, Yeah, it is very similar. It's huge, though. Yeah. Um, like, in, in Aggie's text, she's mentioned as being from uh, Matria. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Matri- Matri- I didn't even try. I literally read it and said, fuck it, and just moved Ma- on. I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Matrivia, um, in the, the south, which is the uh, a harbor port city, 200,000 people. There's more people there than there are in the whole of Heck and Eorzea. So, Bodger is big, or was. I mean, is. You know, she's only 17, so the fact that there's a city that big still in Bodger... Um, even after the, the Bodger incident, you know, she was probably only born around the time of the Bodger incident. Um, yeah, means that this place is huge and incredibly, incredibly dense. I get that kind of feeling from a lot of the city states that are near or mm-hmm. in Aldenard, or, uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not, not Aldenard, Elsevar, Elsevar. Um, yeah. and denser. Yeah, they're a lot denser. Like, even when we see, like, Damasca mm-hmm. as we're going through it, I know a lot of them are, are mm-hmm. upscaled from the city-states because they're instances. Mm-hmm. So, like, like if Uldah was ever a raid, it would probably also have, like, a great... Like, something that feels like a like a denser scale, but also grander. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but mm-hmm. it just it that feeling is immense every time we involve anything mm-hmm. with Ivelisse. It always feels like there's a lot more at play than in other yeah. locations of the world. Well, they're they're industrialized and they've been industrialized for you know most of a most of a century. Whereas the you know the, the industrial aspects of Eorzea have only really started up here in like the last you know decade, basically. Um, really, not until after Sid uh, came to Eorzea. So we we are getting a sense more and more that Eorzea and Orthard are like the the fringes of the known world, and that the vast majority of uh, the population of the three great continents, at least, is centralized in, in Ilzabad, and there are cities here with hundreds of thousands of, of people all over the place. Um, yeah, so Bozja, Bozja is massive. I mean, we got that impression just like in Sid's memory there, like looking around, like obviously that wasn't necessarily like a super accurate d- depiction, but you got the sense that it was a big, 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 big city. Yeah, I mean, the, the civilization does go back to the era of the Allegans, as is explained, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. And survived through mm-hmm. the calamities, mm-hmm. even if it was kind of a shadow of its former self after everything that happened. It's like mm-hmm. it's explained here. Uh, well, an- an- another example, like the scale here, is uh, Nalbana Fortress. When Bosch uh, took Nalbana Fortress, was basically the first major victory against Dalmasca and the turning point of that war. 70,000 Dalmascans were killed at Nalbina. And, and like, we don't, we, we've probably, I mean, how many NPCs do we have in Eorzea? Like maybe 300, if that, <laughs> you know, if you take like the, the object limit of every zone, um, that is just like, it's inconceivable. Um, so I wonder, you know, as we get more into these zones, if we're going to get more sense of that, like that density and that, and that scale, um, whether they're actually going to deliver or whether it's just going to remain as these sort of, you know, vague numbers. I mean, I expect that uh, Matsuno dealing with the, the stories he's told before, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think even just back to 12 mm-hmm. and the bustling cities that you see in the cutscenes, mm-hmm. or even just the, the sheer number of NPCs that have nothing useful to say. He's always been very mm-hmm. much about fantasy field matching, like, like it not feeling like, oh, there's like 20 people in this whole city. You know, he's mm-hmm. always been really good at kind of writing into that, and and his games that he's been a part of have always kind of lent themselves to that. Less tactics because of mm-hmm. the technology, but you know, when given mm-hmm. the opportunity, he doesn't mess around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I I guess to get back on track, yeah, we're we're pushing through to charge up this. Uh, don't say Jo Crystal Ethos. Our Crystal Focus. Wait, excuse me. What? <laughs> what? What was? What? What didn't you say? I didn't say anything. What was the, what no, there was something you didn't say that you were gonna? No, I, no, no. Yeah, no use I your words. Use no, your words that you didn't want to use. Definitely didn't. Definitely did not say J.O. Crystal. Definitely didn't say that we're trying to charge out J.O. Crystal. Um, yeah, and, uh, it turns out, you know, Miss to no one's great surprise is a double agent is working for Menenius and they have gotten their hands on Save the Queen. Yeah, and that's where everything starts to kind of come together. Cause so they, they set up kind of, uh, Mizia as somebody who's mistreated right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they use that as a method to set up the, uh, betrayal. 
Yeah, they, they, they set up the trail, but more importantly, they, they established what Bajian society actually was. And that and it wasn't mm-hmm. we we've always understood it as a matriarchy with a lot of Hrothgars and a queen, you know, the basics, mm-hmm. but we never really considered class. And they talk about how basically seven out of ten of all the of all the Bajians basically uh were poor, essentially. And then even mm-hmm. just like one out of ten was like considered I don't know, like I think one only one out of ten had like any wealth to their name or something like that. I don't remember. It's 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 mm-hmm. in it's in a couple of the, the dialogues. But she comes from uh, the not so gracious side of of history, in a sense, um, yeah, and that uh, is something she doesn't wish. She doesn't want to see Bajia restored in any way, yeah. because of what it was and what it means well, in her ancestry. And she's researched it because through her archaeo- through her archaeology, she's figured out all this other like how yeah. shitty Bajia mm-hmm. actually was for her. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's more to it than than that. Like she's she's obviously she's been submitted to the same sort of classism that existed 50 years ago, and is like, okay, we've been under imperial occupation for 50 years, and we're still like holding on to this. This is ridiculous. Um, and then given the opportunity to attend one of the like the top schools in in Garlemald, um, despite being of that lower caste, getting this opportunity she never ever would have had in old Bolgia. Um, and then, as you say, like you know, discovering the the past of of Bosch and, and of her family and all that. But so much of it, and so much of all these NPCs, centers around Noah van Gebrath as this almost like messianic figure, um, and the idea that for decades he has been um, like, and 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 to no secret, like everyone in the Fourth Legion knows this plan of his of wanting to create his own his own republic, his own kingdom, of knowing that uh, that Garlemald, that the Empire is a mess that is deeply, deeply um, corrupt, um, and that it is doomed to fail, and that you know. The, the strength that he's accruing now is so that he can, you know, carve out his own republic when that, um, when, when it does fall. And there's a point, I think, where we gotta step back here and wonder, like, why don't we just let him do that? <laughs> Cause he's right. I mean, he's right. That's, that's, I mean, it that's comes the into, thing. It comes into question. It comes into question so many yeah. times in, in, in the span of us doing the Bosch mm-hmm. request, and yeah, it kind of made me think, like, you know, like, it doesn't seem that bad. Like, His intuitions on paper, about the Empire are correct. Right. Right? Um, and what we know about, you know, Solace being Emmett, and all of that nonsense is like, well, yeah, obviously it's going to fall apart, and obviously it's going to need to reform. Why don't we just let them reform? Why don't we let this guy, like, do this work? And, I mean, the only problem is, you know, the means by by which he's doing it, um, mm. I suppose, you know, with primals and bloodshed and all of that kind of stuff. But, like, at the heart of it, it's like, we, maybe we should try and establish some heckin' dialogue with this guy and just be like, hey, we know about Solace. Let's talk. Let's have a powwow here, you know? Like, we maybe we can... Daenerys. Yeah, maybe maybe we can go and like restore Landis with you, you know, give you your country back. Like, it's probably one good conversation from having him on board. But I don't know. Who knows? 
I don't it know. is interesting. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that just because... So, obviously, the, the biggest promise the fourth gives for this, you know, the reason for this uh, messianic uh, sort of praise for the Gibranthal line. I gotta remember Bosch mm-hmm. was... Bosch instilled these values upon uh, Noah. Mm-hmm. It's largely mm-hmm. described as such by his much older... Uh, generals, you know, Lion, mm-hmm. Lion even says, dear boy. He doesn't call him, like, by any sort of formal, you know, name. Mm-hmm. He says, dear boy, because he grew mm-hmm. up with him. He was he was already working for his father by the time Noah was born. So, mm-hmm. uh, is that he doesn't, like, he, he may want a, a society that's different, but he, just like the Empire, he's just got a bunch of unstable maniacs working for him at the end of the day. Kind of becomes the yeah. Yeah. The, the problem. Yeah, I mean, Sartrevoir yeah. learned took this from Abaleo, who's got all sorts mm-hmm. of fucked up ideas. Lion is literally mm-hmm. just like, bro, I just want to fight. And this is the best. This, you know, I'm I'm loyal <laughs> to them, but I really just want to mm-hmm. fight. I, oh, the plan is this. Well, I don't care. So how about that? <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, I I guess oh. you know, Noah just sort of sees him as a means to an end. You know. Yeah, and that's the and, 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 that, we, and that's the problem, right? Is the idea of like yeah. the the end the the ends justify the means, and you know we we obviously don't want to stand for that. And um, that's a very Varus thing, because Varus was very much like mm-hmm. I'm going to restore man to like you know we you know we'll, we'll restore us we'll restore ourselves to one race, and then we'll take down mm-hmm. the Asians then. But for that, mm-hmm. I need to go along with this, and I need to you know take mm-hmm. over all these nations and kill all these like they. Mm-hmm. The problem is the idea isn't inherently wrong. That's why Varys was such a red herring when we got the 4.5 trailer. Because mm-hmm. that conversation mm-hmm. sounds like a very reasonable thing for someone to say until mm-hmm. you're given the context of what it is. And I feel like that's where we are with Gabranth, where it all seems very reasonable mm-hmm. until you sit down with him and you go, oh, no, wait, no, this guy's oh, fucked you're, up. You're a psycho. Yeah, yeah this yeah. guy's fucked up too. So It certainly makes him a far more interesting villain than I think perhaps we yeah. were uh, we were expecting. Um, as is all the, the people who follow him. But, yeah, he uh, actually yeah, has he... a lot of interesting subordinates. They're not boring subordinates, mm. at the very least. Yeah, Menenius is very curious. Um, Menenius looks much better with his new armor, by the way. I don't know if you guys remember, but in the 5.25 cutscene of them in, uh, uh, in Valnein... He's wearing the Lost Allegan tank set. Yeah, I remember. It looks kind of silly. So it seems like he's gone Well, promoted. he got it promoted. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, he got yeah. his promotion. So he's fancy. It's his fancy new armor. Um, yeah, but he's recovered Save the Queen. Um, and it is... I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys now, it's a Eureka weapon. Yeah, I, I said that immediately, too. I mean, it's from the same era as all the other Eureka weapons. It's from the same era it, as Zentetsuken and everything. It's also from Alec. It yeah. was originally... Yeah. An Allegan artifact. Uh, as we know, the Allegans kept Eureka and all the Eurekan weapons in what we now call Labyrinth of the Ancients. Um, it has the same kind of design as Zantetsuken, and it does the same thing. Um, well, no, not precisely. Well, it does. It does the same. It does the same thing. We'll, it's, we'll it's, get it's, to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know it, it's it operates the same, but how it actually yeah. functions isn't the same. Like what it actually well, achieves it's, through its function isn't exactly the same. That's because of the echo. Yeah, but it's still very different. And I'm still. Mm. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second because I've got I've got some things to say about the echo in this case. 
Um, but mm. yeah, so they essentially, apparently not a lot of the enemy is well aware of, of her being, uh, a, uh, I guess, a, a, a traitor to the end. Double Empire. agent. Yeah, cause they, no. cause they catch her and she's, then they're just like, yo, this fucking, she's just chilling here. And then he's like, let her go. And then they're all like, mm. Which makes sense because obviously if they saw her on the battlefield or anything like that, they they mm-hmm. it's a little harder to keep up an act when everyone who's standing against you goes, "Not her, not her." Mm-hmm. Not that she does anything but stand in base anyway, apparently, and lie about going to Doma. But then she he literally hands the blade to her, and that's when you start to see mm-hmm. the glow, and that's when you're like, "Oh fuck, it's another Zantetsukin, mm-hmm. isn't it?" <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Uh, why, Eureka, come on, we were past this, man, we, we saved, we saved Edgica, we, we, we put him down, it's, it's, you're all, it's just, come on, just, you know, we were told explicitly that there are other Eureka weapons. Yeah, but come on, come on, we're trying to get away from Eureka now, and come on. I think it's great, we've got a convergence of Eureka weapons, of the resonance, of aura sites, um, every, everything is just is just coming together, coming stitching together. together here. Yeah. Um, in a really a really interesting way. So so um, to wit, they kidnap Mikoto. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, did you guys pick up that they did basically what they did to Crown? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty obvious given how the final events inside of Lacusatori happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they they yeah. they pump the echo out of her and 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 replicate it. Well, they didn't they, didn't they didn't pump it out of her. They they it's um so the, the way four dollar was given the resonant is they basically use Kryle as like the blueprint, um as like the cookie cutter, and then all the other souls are like squeezed through that cookie cutter. To, to like put to, to imprint the same kind of echo signature on on uh, four dollar in that case. Um, in this case, it's Mikoto having this um, prophetic ability associated with her echo, and Missyar wanting that and needing that somehow to kind of control the weapon, um, and subsequently, you know, the primal. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they gave her the resonant. I mean, we didn't see, like, the, you know, the little glowing eye thing and all that, but I think we can basically agree that she has it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the, it's, it's the linchpin to the plan, because that's essentially what happens mm-hmm. since we skipped ahead a little bit. When you finally yeah. do storm Cash and Lacus Latore, you, mm-hmm. you clear out Albaleo, who, be- who used the Aurasite to become a Dramlek. Who also <laughs> has the resonant. Yes. Also has the resonant because he remains like cognizant and in control despite taking the form of a, a Lukavi. Yeah. He's got he's got complete he doesn't he doesn't go berserk like uh our, our good old mm-hmm. boy uh Bagamnon did when he became mm-hmm. what's his face? Uh uh mm-hmm. Yaya. locked up. Yeah. Save her for later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um on top of that, we took out, you know, their, their frontline weaponry, Helldiver, Brian Ack. You know, we freed a bunch of prisoners, whatever. It's, I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. describing Lacus Latore, like just the entirety of the content. And we finally beat Lion mm-hmm. and his, his crown beast as the beast king, Dewan. 
Dawan. Yeah. Or Dewan. Yeah. yeah. I call him Dewan. He is Dewan for me. There you go. Terrible. Uh, uh, and then it comes down, they're like, yeah, we did it. We got, we got Lacus Latore back. Mm-hmm. And then at pretty much, you know, at, at gunpoint says, Makoto, use your gift. Uh, mm-hmm. Mizya does. And what happens is with, they collected the correct memory, the correct thing mm-hmm. that they, they found with, with that they were looking for, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier with mm-hmm. the focus. She connects with it. She goes back into that memory and it lets, and because Mizia has the gift too, she comes back into that memory and she now has a manifestation of, uh, the, her, her ancestor manifestation of, uh, the, the last queen, Gunhilder, the class, the last queen of mm-hmm. Gunhilder's blades, essentially. Mm-hmm. She uses that to mm-hmm. bring it forth through that. She needs that imagery essentially to summon it forth. She basically pulls it's, it out of the yeah. memory in a sense. It's basically, it's basically Odin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it, the Eureka weapons kind of operate in a similar way to Aurasite, um, where they will like draw on your mind, your memories, whatever, transform it. And in turn, you know, transform like your, your physical form. They seem to operate, uh, in, in a similar way. And in this case, it's basically the memories of the previous wielder of Queen Gunhilder being imprinted on and contained within the blade, um, and mm-hmm. us being able to dive into that memory, that that uh, imprint, in the same way that we dove into the imprint on on Sid, because that's how we understand memory. Memory is like a, a ethereal imprint, ethereal sort of residue. Um, so you know, it's kind of kind of the same thing. We use it on an, on an object instead. Um, and Missy presumably using the echo sort of tempers that in, I guess, kind of the same way that, uh, Xenos does to Shinryu. Yeah. That's how, that's how I interpret yeah. it. It's very, it's very, it's somewhere. but she's able to do it by actually going into the memory to imprint it because yes. she has Makoto's, she's used Makoto for the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, so it's somewhere between that and between, like, the stuff we're doing in Sid's memory, where we're, like, you know, fighting back against and, you know, trying to, like, change things in, in his memory. But basically the the idea to, like, manipulate and change memory is, like, very, very central to, to Boja and this Bojan kind of, like, seer tradition to which uh, that first, well, last Queen Gunhilder uh, belonged to. Um, but... but- Quick question: Did uh, did her being a descendant of Queen Gunhilder Gunhild, play any part of it? Did it make it easier? Did it make it? I th- I maybe? think she had the echo. I think she just needed Makoto's re- like resonant because it's her ancestor was mm-hmm. was basically to to again jump back to talking about the last queen of Gunhilder. What's explained via the arco- the archaeology that uh, Mizia. Uh, finds out what kind of sends her on this this path to become a double agent. Yes, is that she mm-hmm. finds out that the last queen of Gunhilder, who took up the blade, they didn't know was echo blessed. She was apparently a, mm-hmm. a, a naturally echo blessed individual. But they they forced her to take it up. Yeah, they the, forced the her to take it up. Queen, yeah, the Hrothgar queen didn't want to take up the blade to fight against the Alligans yeah. because she knew that the blade would consume her, corrupt her. Like yeah. she knew what it did. So they were like, all right, we're going to get this rando, like, shrine maiden, 
Um, we're going to put her on the throne. We're going to put the blade in her hand. She is going to do this thing. She's going to be consumed. She's ultimately going to die. And, you know, c'est la vie. Uh, they didn't know she had the echo, so it didn't consume her. She could control that power, and she basically became like very much like Yazel, where she could sort of transform into this this primal figure at will through the power of the blade, save the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the queen's blades, Gunhilda's blades, assassinated her because they didn't want to give political control to, you know, this nobody, this shrine maiden that was rapidly becoming, you know, a popular hero of the people. Uh, so they murdered her. Um, and Missia turns out to be her her ancestor. Sorry, her, uh, her her progeny. She is Missia's ancestor. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. and I think that's that's kind of what leads her down this path. That that's why she's able to do all this. I don't think I, I think she was she was gifted in some way before I don't, you don't inherit mm-hmm. the echo, though. Like, I, from, yeah, but from we've from seen we some fucking echo shit. to work. We, we've, we've, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen, we've seen some shit happen. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if she had it beforehand, but she didn't have the right kind. Until I see that eye, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I mean, she's got it. There's no doubt she's got that fucking eye. She, I mean, she has it now. Like, yeah, I, I think now. she's definitely got the resonant now. But I think that she needed the resonant. That's why they kidnapped Mikoto. She needed the resonant. I don't, I don't think she had the echo before then. Maybe who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe who knows? Who knows? Um, but she she, she, she sure as hell does now. Yeah, she yeah she pulls and she can pull <laughs> memories out and, and summon them with the, with the blade. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. with with her resonant. But she's but what's weird is that because she's echo blessed, we see what would presumably happen if someone who was echo blessed took up the Zentetsuken, I suppose mm-hmm. yeah. the real one in that it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't transform the individual, but the ether and the and the memory inside still allows a physical manifestation to be used. It's a question of the effect on the user still because we don't really know exactly what happened when she actually summoned the queen. We don't know what the, the if there's a lasting effect to that or anything. I mean, if we had if we had Zantet Sugan as one with the echo, like if we knew how to do it, presumably it would be like having an Odeneggy, you know. I like chats like, let's be honest, they just didn't want to animate a female Hrothgar. <laughs> they're not wrong. I don't even think they're wrong. I mean, that definitely had something to do with it, okay? If we're going to be cynical, that definitely had something to do with it. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> then people will be like, look, there's one. Now the rest of us can yeah. have it. Yeah, that's the yeah. real reason. <laughs> um, and then, of course, she used uh, the queen to temper the blades. Yep, she had bill, yep, she had believers it, sitting right there. She doesn't. Yeah. You don't even need believers for the Eureka weapons, but they sure as hell help when yeah. you're primal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it turned out basically that the attack on lack of Latour was was a bait all along. We were we were being baited towards it. We were being baited to attacking it. They basically like let us get through so that they could have all the. All the blades there together in one place to, to, to do that. Which which is funny because I bet you Lion wasn't actually supposed to be there and he's just like, fuck that, I gotta fight them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> he might have been buying yeah. time. At the very best, he might have been buying yeah, time for I the think that was it. I think they were being told but to like he, slow us down. Well, we know Albaleo was trying to get the Orosite ready. At one point he calls to be slowed mm-hmm. down because of he needs to prepare the Orosite. But Alliance mm-hmm. probably saying, but as soon as it looked like he was going to die, he's like, all right, all right, all right, I've done my job. 
That's I'm gonna get the mm-hmm. fuck. I've lost my favorite pet. I'm sad. I'm gonna get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here at this point. Mm-hmm. But he would have done that shit no matter what. Lion has no reason yeah. to show up in the duel in the 1v1. He's just like, oh, shit, he beat the red chocobo? Yo, hold on, hold on. I got to head out there right now, okay? Um, and I, I know we kind of skirted over it, but Sicinius, um, he was working at the Resonatorium for Aulis, um, who was the one that gave the Resonant to Fordola. Um And, you know, the primary, you know, engineer of that technique. Yeah, we had uh, wondered so because ever since Alice died, we had to actually argue whether mm-hmm. or not we thought Alice was dead because we beat him, but like until it was eventually confirmed Alice was indeed dead. And so mm-hmm. we wondered if that meant Resonant died with him. And we realized through our mm-hmm. discussion about um, what's it called? Uh, the chemical that, that they buried that we just... Black just, Rose. Yeah, Black Rose. Black where Rose. They were, where we had to have a whole discussion on the show about it. You know, it was buried and, you know, mm-hmm. this, it's all that information's gone. But no, look, we have this, this information here. Look, what do you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, I was like, I bet you mm-hmm. the Resident Project's the same way. Somebody else knows how to do what mm-hmm. Alice did. He had a superior yeah, or a exactly. student, like, They're not going to... They're never going to get rid of research. I mean, somebody dies, research is still there. Like... Well, I mean, guys did his best to bury all the Black Rose research. Quite literally, unfortunately. Yeah, literally, yeah. yeah. Literally, yeah. Um, and Alice um, did indeed. And that's, and we don't know that, that Ticinius is his only disciple, which then leads to a whole nother, yeah. mm-hmm. a whole nother yeah. set of problems. But essentially, we know that the fourth who will do anything is, mm-hmm. you know, they've replicated the Resonant project and, uh, mm-hmm. it's. Well, the, the only reason, I mean, Albaleo, says that um, a true objective is the subjugation of Dalmasca and the seizure of its resources, not to engage in petty skirmishes with these Bajan curs. The only reason the Fourth Imperial Legion was in Baja to begin with was to pull this off, was to get, save the Queen, was to get the Queen's Blades, and was to get, uh, you know, this primal form of Gunhilder on their side. Um, so we've learned, we learned basically at at the end that, um, you know, when, when Bawagi shows up, uh, that the Dalmascan resistance has succeeded in taking back, uh, Nubina Fortress. Um, but the fourth Imperial Legion's, uh, base of operations is in Valnein in the south of Dalmasca. And their plan is to take the queen and Missia and the queen's blades back to Dalmasca and wipe out the Dalmascan resistance. That's their ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So what we were thinking was going to be, you know, three zones of different parts of the Borgia is almost definitely not going to be that. Almost definitely going to be Borgia and Naugsha and Talmasca. I'm still not convinced there's more than one zone. I don't think there's even going to be... We had this discussion on Friday. I think the only zone that we're really going to get is going to be the Southern Front. Really? Well, I mean, in the 5.4 Live Letter, they made no mention of a second zone. They literally only brought up mm-hmm. Delubra and Regine. That's it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, until they mention another zone, I'm... They, it also... So, we, again, we talked about it on Friday, but for, for sake of giving you something to, to I guess, think about, because I know you'll probably dive into all sorts of possibilities lore-wise... We know that they mm-hmm. said they didn't want to do the same thing 
over and over again with this relic step. They, that was in an interview a few months back. So we, they've done that so mm-hmm. far. We had a solo instance and then we had the extreme trial that was, you know, not part of it, but you know, in, in there. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be kind of the, the trend they're going, the accessible version and then the version for people who want something a little extra. Um, mm-hmm. in this, we have, you know, we have the Bosnian Southern Front, you know, it's got the resistance rank, it's got the 1v1 duels and it's got Lacus Latoria kind of as it's like, it's, it's end, I suppose, you know, to advance the story. Of course, also the resistance weapons, which are being increased through these, but even though it's the core focus of the original quest, it really doesn't feel like it is in this one. It's definitely the secondary, mm-hmm. like the tangential thing that is happening alongside the actual Gunhilder's Blades, the crew that is, you know, promoted to that status is the more important thing than the actual weapons that Geralt is is working on, or it would seem at least based on how events played out here. Uh, 5.4, 24-man, you know, no roll, you know, complete free normal mode that's just for experiencing the story, and then a Savage, which is pre-made parties and presumably a decent bit more difficult, probably something closer to the original Baldessian, which is not too much harder, but a little bit stricter. Mm Mm-hmm. They, we know they said they wanted to, de- to finish ultimate development early. 5.5's ultimate, whatever it will be. They said they wanted it done way before 5.5 came out because they needed those mm-hmm. resources to do something completely different. So the question is if that's 5.5 or if that's 6.x. That's, that's about the only question remaining. So there's room for a lot of things because as you said, they've opened it up to not have to be restricted to Bosnia in any way. Mm. So roll that around your noggin and think about where they could go and points of significance and everything that we know geographically and about Eureka and, and Bosnia and, and the Queen and all that. And well, weigh, and weigh that on your soul. The Siege of Valnain. Yeah, I've seen some people throw around Valnain being a big Yeah. One. Hmm. Okay, so Balagi. The By the way, before we, wait, 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 before we talk about, why don't we just bring guns to this shit? He just shot her. He's just like, all right, that's. I guess, fuck it. <laughs> I was, I was, I was doing this on on um, on machinist, and <laughs> like, I can do that. I was just standing there. No, like, he's got real bullets. Ours are ether. It's not the same. Right. Yeah, people actually get up after taking a shot. Uh, Barely. Fucking man. Body. The Ludo narrative dissonance when it comes to guns in this fucking game. Bro, really. Emmett Selk did it. Bloggy did it. <laughs> like, we just, people just keep bringing guns and that keeps being the solution. Why? We just, bro, just get a holster or some shit for the Warrior of Light at all times. You know, like Android 17 and Dragon Ball carries a pistol even. Just be, just be like him. Just put a fucking, just bring fucking gun with you That's every ridiculous. time. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, so apparently, Resistant Force and Dalmatica and Naksha have been planning assaults of their own to coincide with the Bosjan's strike on the Castrum here. In Dalmasca, their target was Castrum Amasitia, uh, known otherwise as Nabina Fortress. They rewarded with victory. In Nagsha, they succeeded in taking a port to cut off their supply chain. The 4th Legion was surprisingly quick to turn tail, from what I have told. The forces in both Damascus and Nagsha are overjoyed by their successes, but Lady France suspects something is amiss. She believes victory should not have been so easily won against the 4th Legion. 
they really are like setting up the idea of something going on in Nagsha and Dalmaska in, in association with this. And mm. the fact that the fourth Imperial Legion's base of operations is in Valnane, like that's got to be the, the, where we're going ultimately, right? Whether, whether it's a zone or whether it's just an instance, that's like, that's got to be it, right? Mm-hmm. I have um, no doubt about that. <clears throat> yeah. Although there are things in Bosnia I'd still like to finish exploring. I mean, I mentioned earlier, Firelight's mm-hmm. Coffin is ripe to oh. be just completely uh, fucked up. And and furthermore, Gabranth has proclaimed that Dalmasco will be the site of a new nation he intends to build. So he doesn't he doesn't want Landis back. He doesn't really give a shit about Bosnia. He wants Dalmasco. He wants Dalmasca to be his new his new kingdom. He wants that to be his seat of power. Well, it's a good thing we found an ancient civilization under there that he didn't know about. Mm. Kind of, kind of weird. <laughs> he didn't he didn't know about that. Well, okay. So the the interesting thing, right, is that the Galians are like, okay, we're descendants from of of Galk. They they basically like confirmed that. When they're in there, um, and that they think, therefore, they've got you know that sort of connection to to Ivalice and that culture, but none of the Ivalicians we saw were Galian. You know, they didn't have the third eye. I'm I'm over here thinking we're going to find out that Noah and Bosch are like the descendants of um, of. Uh, Delita. Being interesting. Hmm. I mean, they have something like they, that. I mean, they, they have an ancestral line. It's just about drawing it back. So, yeah, there's got to. I mean, there's got to be a reason that he wants Dalmasca, and I can't help but wonder if he feel if if like Landis isn't kind of similar to Galamold, where they were, you know, originally settled in Ivalice and then kind of pushed back from there, um, and that he doesn't see that as his. You know, I, I, I mean, that's like the, the theme of this whole storyline, right? Is the idea of the Galleons being the inheritors of Gaug, the idea of Missia being the inheritor of, uh, you know, Gunhilder and, uh, trying to settle this 5,000 year old blood debt. Um, if that isn't a theme that sort of carried through to Noel van Gebranth, I, uh, so I wonder. So you keep mentioning the leader. What if it's mm-hmm. a different Evolution character? One with a little bit more, uh, one of notoriety with a little bit more of a... Like a, a Jora, Jora Glavidus? Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's possible as well, you know? It could be, it, yeah, right, it could be much older, you know? Because there um, are a few Evolution characters with uh, a history that uh, is ripe for the picking for somebody like Gabroth. As far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is also another interesting thing. We don't is have we seen any actual because we've seen ancient Gaugans at this point. None of them have a third eye. Yeah. Uh I I don't know. We've we've only seen Mastadio. I mean, we saw um, OG Ramza, didn't we? When says is he not? Oh, he's even. Well, yeah, he's not. Yeah, no, he's yeah, no, he's, 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 he's not just from Gaugan, right? 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but the interesting thing is that you know we're we're constantly told that only pure blood Galians have the third eye, because um, 
you know, um, uh, all the half Galleons that we know don't have it, right? Aranhold mm. doesn't have it. His mother thought he did, but he doesn't. And yet, Ramza didn't, but, um, modern, wait, modern Ramza doesn't either, does he? But their mother's not pure Galleon, is she? Um, now you're going to the things I can't remember. That I wish yeah. I did, but I don't. <laughs> their father does. Their father does, but his ancestor didn't. So it's either Garlings just didn't have the third eye back then, or else you don't have to be pure blood, you just have to be, like, mostly. It's like a recessive gene. We'll see. Yeah, that's right. The mother was Dalmaskin. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I like somebody saying maybe Gabrant saw a play at the Prima Vista. <laughs> maybe they finished it and he saw it. And R- Ramsey in the past did not did not have it. No, 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 no. Um, no, I remember that. I mean, you can even see, I think, in the trailer that leads up to uh, yeah, 4.5, you can see it from it. the front. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, Matsuno, again, he is not messing around. Oda-san and Koji have got to be having a fucking ball trying to integrate everything that he's envisioning. And I do wonder how much of it is Matsuno directing the story and, like, coming up with lore that's relevant to Ivelisse versus... Like, I want to know how closely... I, I think they mentioned he actually did work very closely with Oda-san. It's really Yokotaro mm-hmm. who's doing his own thing, and then it's going through the filter yeah. that is yeah. the, the, the localization team. Yeah. It, it feels <clears throat> like he's been... It feels almost like he's been given a list of, like, dangling threads, you know? Because particularly in the last chapter, it's like, hey, here's the stuff from 1.0 that we haven't resolved yet. Hmm. Um, and just draw draw from that. Um, and it seems like with this chapter, he's been doing the same thing. What What is unresolved? What do we need to wrap up before we can move forward? Well, we're moving into Garlemald. We've got all these other, you know, imperial provinces that we need to free. We need to have revolutions like we did in Stormblood, but we don't have, you know, the time to commit to several expansions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, could, could, could you imagine, you know, we freed two of them with one expansion, but we free another two with another Dude, expansion, another always, two with another expansion. It's always Stormblood. Stormblood never mm. ends. 2.0 is Stormblood. Right. 3.0 leads right. into Stormblood. 4.0 is Stormblood. Right. 5.0, half of it right. is all actually Stormblood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but you know, it, it, it makes sense that we need to start, like, accelerating this and that, you know, this stuff needs to be done in, in side content. Then it's like, all right, the, the Bajie incident and, you know, Sid's story, done. Wrapped up, got it, nailed it. Uh, you know, the, the, these hanging threads about the Eurekan weapons, about Aurasite, about the resonant, like everything is like every single unfinished thread they've given to Matsuno. They're like, wrap it up, put a bow on it. We're moving on to something new in a couple of years. Get it done. Um, so that's kind of what it feels like, you know, but it's not, doesn't feel rushed either. <laughs> Is the good no, yeah, no, 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 no. Say that. it doesn't feel rushed. Like yeah. somehow, some way, they kind of nail it to the point where, like, we can digest everything, like all, like all of what we're trying to digest at at one point in time. Whereas, like, are you, whereas, are you like, di- have, have you digested it? Have you digested it? Slide, be honest with me, because because I'm I'm pretty good at digesting this shit. All right, I I make my living uh, out of digesting the lore of this of this heckin' game. Not completely. And in the last week, not completely. 
in the last week, I have had serious, like, lore indigestion, all right? I'm having a lot of trouble. Lore constipation. Yeah, lore constipation. I've eaten way, way too much lore, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm having a lot of trouble. I need lore. Listen. (laughs) Lore brand. I like that. Uh, I need to, I need to go back and play um, the Yorha storyline just to just to get, get something. Just, yeah, just just to get something. That <laughs> is lore. that Lorebrand? Is Yorha Lorebrand? I think so. Yorha's Lorebrand. So. Oh god! It gives um, you so little that, that it has no problem to digest. Like if if it, if it's not obvious, guys, this has only been a week um, since patch. We're having this conversation. And I am going to internalize all of this and all of the dialogue of all these characters and all their, you know, little lore dossiers and stuff like that. But it is a lot and it's going to take some time. And Matsuno did this with Ivelisse, but he's done it way more with this. And I was not, I was not expecting it to be like, like I was saying earlier, I know more about Dabog on in, 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 I can't even say his heckin' name. I know more about him than I know about Yustola, right? I know more about him than mm-hmm. I know about Thancred, about Alize, about Alfino. Um, what the, what the heck? We need this. We need this in the rest of the game. They, they My need question. to. It's called the, it's called the lore book, FS God. <laughs> no, there is way more. Okay. I just wrote, okay. I, I notated, mm-hmm. um, uh, give me a second. I notated the stuff on uh Sartavois. Sorenus. Okay. Just call him by his name. Alright. Sorry, Sorenus, yeah. Sorenus has got a, a five hundred words. Five hundred words of, of notes on him alone. Okay? You know you know how many how many we've got on Thancred? On Thancred Waters in the law book? Got like two lions. <laughs> He's a mysterious man. That's all you need to know. We don't. We don't even like. We don't even have a twenty percent of of this in the in the law book on any of the scions. And this guy is like, um, is he dead now? If we killed him, who's Sartavois? Yeah, if he's you win a, the he's one, a so, so when you win the one v one, he disappears. And I gotta see. Let me go check what his final words are because I I have. I don't think he's dead. Well, let me just let me he's let me just centurion, see. Like he's nobody. Well, let me just let me just see what he says at the end. Like just just mm-hmm. to, just to give you a degree of closure, some something that can maybe be of assistance to you. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see his final words. There starts to blah the inferno. Blah 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 blah. He's mm-hmm. just summoning phoenixes. He's an asshole. Meltdown. Thermal gust. All right, let's see. When you defeat him, come on. So he he kneels down. He's come on. My flame's extinguished. How can this be? And then he just disappears in the flame. Mm-hmm. So he's dead. <laughs> he literally, he's dead. yeah, he straight up dies. He disintegrates into ether like uh, like a primal does in a sense. He's a, he's a centurion, okay? We we literally kill like when when we go through um uh, on our way to to fight Midgard Zormer, right? When we're traveling up through the Agris, Silvertier Lake, okay? We literally kill dozens of dudes the same rank, the same significance as Sardovar, all right? He's nobody, and I know more about him than I know about any of the silence. 
And that's cool on one hand, but on the other hand, it is completely unacceptable. And you cannot set a precedent like this without being committed to giving me, you know, my, my law library. Well, the big thing with this is that it's very fourth legion to have this kind of, I guess, Intel. Uh, yeah, Intel mm-hmm. about because they again they they don't just pull random conscripts into the fourth. There's there's a reason why anyone has converted. Again, it's it's messianic in regards to mm-hmm. their belief. Mm-hmm. So all of them there have some sort of uh, almost like a seventh legion, you know, nail days level uh, dedication to this. But because he mm-hmm. they come from all walks of life, all these all these lands that have. And, and they come in, like, through peaceful means. Most of them have, like, a, not through peaceful means, but, like, by the time they're actually brought in, it's normally through mm-hmm. a conversation, not, like, a you work mm-hmm. for me now kind of thing. So there's a lot more mm-hmm. personality that goes into the people that Bosch specifically went after. Every single one of them, except for Debog, yeah, maybe- who is actually uh, experimented on illegally. <laughs> under, under, under Fourth Legion law, Debog is an illegal experiment, technically. Yeah. So the box is a really interesting one. You know, he, he was trying to escape. Um, and, uh, he's upgraded a couple of times. You ever seen the movie upgrade the horror movie? He's, he's upgraded. Yeah. Yeah, Basically. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. His family died in the Bosnia incident. He tried to escape Well, he defected and then was taken prisoner. Kept trying to escape. Um, and, uh, basically fell off the wall of the castrum and shattered his spine. So yep. they made him, remade him. Well, specifically, to, in order to try to make it past law, even though they still, it mm-hmm. really didn't. Apparently, the mm-hmm. Fourth Legion has a rule where they won't conduct scientific experiments unless yeah. it would, if it would endanger the life of whether it be a friend or foe, they won't conduct an inhumane experiment. But Sicinius mm-hmm. is, uh, not one who really gives a shit about ethics, as we see, because he's just like, well, I mean, he's going to die if I don't do anything. So, like, I can save his life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, here we go. You know, sure. Kept going. Yeah. And then he, mm-hmm. then by the time, then he's, like, you can see him kind of conflicting because he's very clearly following orders, but there's times where he has to kind of question what he is or who he is when you speak to him around the various mm-hmm. points before you actually deal with him. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, there's, there's a lot going on with the bog cause he, he's, he's, uh, hyper tuned like, uh, yeah, he's hyper tuned. So he's like Granwatt. Yeah. He's when, like Granwatt. When, before we killed Granwatt. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing with him as well is that the, the machina that he is piloting seem to have a very similar interface to the Whirlit weapons. Yes, they do. They require a heightened, hmm. a heightened sense of, of a mental acu- acuity. I suppose. Yeah, they, they need they, like they, some sort of like neural uplink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they needed him to be hyper tuned to have that level of control over it. Mm-hmm. So those weapons are special. That's why. Uh, that's why a traditional guard scorpion turns into that. Essentially, it's not because it's mm-hmm. a stronger unit. It's because it's built in such a way that it's got the maximum. His brain is directly connected to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Lucrota, when he, he's in the super shitty, the easiest fucking skirmish on the whole map, the one at the top mm-hmm. against Lucrota, which dies for some reason in like five GCDs half the time, even when there's mm-hmm. 72 people there. <laughs> I don't know why that one is so weak, even when there's like a shit ton of people there. I don't get it. 
But yeah, um, gotta be a reason. <laughs> well, maybe because it's so much shittier than the than the ones he's piloting in the other fates. Um, yeah, he kind mm. of he kind of wakes up in that one, like briefly, in a sense, like he comes to his senses and starts to remember who he is a little bit. Yeah, so maybe that's why it's so easy, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, gonna he's not one hundred percent in it. Yeah, maybe. Wouldn't be surprised if it was deliberate. I mean, just just like going through this, like we've even we've got an interview. With one of these, um, Hernaeus, yeah, Hernaeus Pierolongus. We've had an interview with him from like his local town's newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's really, that one's really funny, actually. It's ridiculous. You gotta put on your reporter voice for that one. Hey, how you doing, Hernaeus? Tell me, why do you follow, why do you follow Lion the Beast King so intensely? I just- yeah, and and when they talk to Leon, he's like, "I'm sorry, Ooh. who's that guy?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about him until you mentioned him." Uh, yeah, no, good, yeah, good kid, good kid. Yeah, no, he's going places. That kid's going places. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, I guess I guess let's use Hernaeus as a springboard here. Hernaeus is from um, Mons Falconus in Landis. Um, Leon is also from Landis. It seems that. Beast mastery is a a Landis discipline. Um, yes, this is of course the the uh, original home of uh, of Noah and his father uh, Bash. Um, that is where this tradition comes from. Um, where okay, how we we have to address the whole beast master? Okay, where, yeah, where I was we, going to. How do we feel about that? Everybody keeps saying that Leon Lyon, everyone call him. That he's like, he's the best Beastmaster, which I think is a pair. That's mm-hmm. how he gets his name, the Beast King, given the, the, yeah. the troops that follow him. But yeah. uh, <laughs> people have been saying he's the, like, uh, like progenitor of it. He's not. No. Because, and this no. is actually made apparent in Clarice's log, uh, mm-hmm. who her yes. husband, before ever joining the army, was a trained Beastmaster. Yes. So well, I want to yeah. just put that in, in, just nip that one in the bud real quick. Yeah, he didn't invent Beast Mastery. He's just the best at it. And he's one year yeah. too young to retire. He needs at least one more year before he's allowed to retire. <laughs> Would you like to recite his age for us at this? He's uh, 69. He's 68. <laughs> no, he's 68. I know. I know, I just wanted to... He just needs he needs one more year. Just one more year. Yeah. That's it. Until he's allowed to get the weed number. Yeah. Is that the one? Is that the right one? Stop. Right? Now you're... you're, you're it's you're, the weed number, right? You're, deli- you're deliberate. You're deliberate meme. No, you'll have... That's no, right. Stop. You, is that not... Which, which one is that again? Stop it. So which one is that again? One. The Empire lets you retire one. at 69. So they can be like... It's, <laughs> they can be like, it's my last day. And they can be like, nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, actually, all Dar, you know, they hire Beastmasters for um, uh, the Mask Carnival. Yeah, and the Gladiator Games, the Mask Carnival as well. Mm-hmm. So, assumably, that, that's going to, you know, be the, the Bojan tradition. Um, well, yeah, gonna, I mean, like a lot of the. 5.55 tradition if, if history tells us where, what to expect out of Beastmaster. Yeah. A lot, a lot of these NPCs come from Landis. We've got this, um, um, this Ellison nomadic tribe 
in Landis, which I think is really interesting. That's Clarice's log, right? That's that's where Clarice and her husband are from. Yeah, they're from the nomadic. Yeah, tribe. yeah, and and they were basically um, they were left alone by the Empire on the provision that they basically provided a certain number of of people uh, they, as uh, yeah, they had they had to serve a deployment. They had to serve a deployment. Yeah. Or had yep. to have people that would serve deployments, essentially. They didn't, mm-hmm. they, they weren't permanently conscripted. They were, they just had to serve mm-hmm. for a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is pretty interesting. We've got, uh, Albaleo was a, uh, thaumaturge. Yes, he was chased out of Volta by an yes. angry mob, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, Mumwepo was not, not really all about him. Uh, which is an interesting one as well. I mean, it seems the majority of the Fourth Legion are either from Boja or from Landis, and the ones that from that are from Boja have mostly like defected and joined the resistance. Yeah, Lofi brings her her totally not unicorn. She she starts mm-hmm. trying to say that, but we also the fact that they have the Monoceros also clearly means there's other creatures like the Monoceros they're experimenting on and trying to draw their power out yeah. of. I mean that's that's what's yeah. eventually that's that's in her entire purpose is to try and draw the power out of these magical beasts through some sort of cruel means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not meant to be. Uh, it's not like can you please do this for me? It would be so nice. It's like no, no. <laughs> We've got machines that 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 fucking strain the fucking uh, like a, like a sifter for the fucking echo. No, we're gonna figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Menanius, the other interesting one. We know that Menanius's father served Noah. Yeah. Um, and that this relationship between you know the the Gabrants and the Lanatus has been going on for uh, two generations now. But Menanius's father. Was, uh, he, he basically is not, not his, um, uh, uh, real father. Right. He was, a, he was adopted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His father married an Elizan, and this was the Elizan's son that was subsequently adopted. Yeah. Yeah, they go, they, there's just like a random paragraph in there that goes into his grandfather's history that then goes into his father mm-hmm. Lucius's history. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather was named, was named Thyrus. Yes. Which I know after the... Just the name of the Wyomage Relic. Yeah. How dare that Which relic copy is... him. We've got... We, we've been having this a, a lot recently in relation to the Galleons where we had, like, Agrius, and we found out that Agrius was named after the Zodiac Brave, Agrius. Here we've got Brianak, right? The weapon. When we already had yeah. a spear named Brianak. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, presumably they come from the same root. We got Thyrus here, presumably from the same root. There's a lot of, like, really interesting linguistic stuff in here um, for us to uh, get our heads around. Yeah, there is. I, I realized that mm. as I read through them all today. <laughs> there's just so much. There's so much stuff here. My favorite one is probably, uh, uh, what's, what's, what's their names? Uh, Velibor and, uh, Blas. Velinor and Blas, the cousins mm-hmm. from, uh, mm-hmm. from the, uh, the Marshall School. The Verdant Path? Yes. I think it was. The Verdant the Path. Ver- the Verdant Path, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Aggie was part of that as well. Aggie was a, um, an orphan and she was basically discovered by Imperials and sent to the Verdant Path. And was like basically raised there. 
Yeah, it went from being um, a mute, essentially, to the loudest yeah. one, apparently. Yeah. And only so, 17. So the Verdant Path, the, the Path is a really interesting one. It was a, basically a Bosnian martial arts school um, mm-hmm. that trained a whole bunch of different disciplines. But they had samurais, they had dark knights, pugilists, like, whatever. Um, and uh, their... Uh, schoolmaster, leader, headmaster, whatever you want to call it, was basically told after um, the Fourth Legion conquered that they would either serve the Empire or they would be dismantled and destroyed and they would all be killed, the students would all be killed. Um, and uh, so they they agreed and the headmaster handed it to his daughter who made, was made to make the same sort of Oath of Allegiance, and then when she died more recently, she was like, hey, I'm not going to hold you guys to this anymore. Like, go and free Bosja. So a good number of the the current uh, Gunhilder's Blades are from this, uh, this same school. Hmm. So I think it's quite interesting and is no doubt going to kind of play in further. Uh, as we go. Man, they came from a way better school than guys' kids. Mm. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> so, and then, um, uh, what's his name? Marsak was trained by the Gunbreaker trainer. Yeah. Which came as no surprise. I mean, we, I, we, if you did the level 80, uh, quest for Gunbreaker, yeah. it makes mention of the fact that the resistance is about to move against. Oh. Rustic. Rustic, yeah. His name. Yeah. 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 Rustic. Uh, who, who also, uh, taught Thancred a little bit. Uh, showed Thancred a, a couple of moves. Does he um, say that in his new dialogue after they get back? No. Where was that? I missed that. No. That, that was in the, um, the Gunbreaker quest, like early on in the Gunbreaker quest line. He mentions that he met Thancred. When Thancred was doing his espionage stuff in mm, Ilzabad. I missed that. I forgot about And that. showed him a few things. Yeah. Um, then we got Assault, of course. Uh, Assault. Woo! <laughs> Stop it. She was born in Dalmasca, in Le Mans, but her parents were Bosjans. They were Bosjans. And apparently, after Bosja was invaded by the Fourth, a lot of refugees went to Dalmasca. And then, of course, Dalmasca was conquered by the fourth as well. And they were like, all right, nowhere left to go really. Um, but she was obsessed with Bojan song and dance. She wanted to be a dancer. Um, and apparently Bojans have like a, a bard tradition, very, very similar to the Gridanian one where they use bows as instruments. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like so much. They have like the lute or like the harp or, or whatever attached to it as they like, they like pluck the string of the bow to like keep a, keep a tempo. Yeah. Like a, like an upright bass, they just go dong, 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 as they're dancing. So she had to learn how to do that so that she would understand Bozsia's, like, musical tradition so that she could be a dancer. So she's both an archer and a dancer. Yeah. And a bard. She's like a, she's like a dancer sub bard or a bard sub dancer, whichever way you want to think of it. Which is pretty cool as well. Yeah, Zevin's the fucking Zevin's the fucking edge lord of the group. Who's just like, yeah, 
Yeah, this is an interesting one as well because this kind of like heralds back to Black Rose a little bit, doesn't it? That like after the fourth conquered Boja, there was suddenly like this this plague um, that started affecting the the Hrothgar there, and um, it was affecting his mother. And he and his father traveled to Gridania to try and uh, discover a, a cure from the the Pajali. Um, but she died, and while he was in Gridania, he sort of became interested in magic and basically decided he was going to travel the whole world and learn everything that he could about every magical discipline, like, everywhere, um, until he developed his own, basically, his own school of destructive magic. That only he's um, allowed to use. He never taught it. He mm-hmm. won't teach it to anyone. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have much of choice anymore. <laughs> Unless I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see, that's that's the other thing, right? Is that we've got this idea of them being tempered, and them subsequently, you know, having to fight like against Dalmasca, uh, particularly, and being used in that way. But there's also like they're all like prodigies in their own sort of fields, their own martial fields. And then we've got in the Fourth Imperial Legion, we've got people like you know Albaleo, um, basically this collection of people that are like obsessed with ancient knowledge, like ancient Allegan knowledge, ancient Ivalesian knowledge, all these like magical traditions and martial traditions, and they're going to be able to like extract a lot of that from from these guys, I guess. As, uh, well, some of them are dead. Like, Albaleo's dead, Sarkovas dead, Lion's alive, and I don't think he gives a shit, really. I don't think Albaleo's dead. I'm pretty sure Is he's he? dead. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty apparent from Cash from once, the, uh, once you take him down after his many waves of ads. I don't know. I don't know if he's dead. Albaleo transforms into a drama. Yeah. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. But, you know, like, Yazel doesn't die when we beat Shiva. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure we see him die. <laughs> I'm mm. going to go back and watch yeah. him. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm mostly certain right he's now. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because it's he. He dies similar. Yeah, he dissipates in a similar manner to like he does the ethereal dissipation. Yeah, he does. Let me let me see if I can. I'll take your word for Um, it. I'll have to have a look at my vod. (laughs) But I don't know if I'm gonna find it, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Albaleo is is dead. (laughs) Lion's not. Yeah, it's an ethereal dissipation. He just shatters. Yeah, which is similar to what happens to Sartre Dubois. He shatters and then flames literally mm. rise up and, like, turn into, like, little pyreflies and shit, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of that. I think Jumbu, yeah. I think pretty much every gem. So, so the way that was zone works, something I, something that I think actually works fantastically and is something I, I kind of wish they'd integrate more. We see it a little bit in Shadowbringers overall, but the fact that the story mm-hmm. is told essentially from bottom to top, all the way to Castrum, mm-hmm. everyone's, everything mm-hmm. canonically happens here, then here, then here. So mm-hmm. you see a story unfold. Every single fate line is a story that gets told, essentially. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, sequentially. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even if you like, you might see them out of order, but that's that's the way it is. You have the you have the Magitech laborers, which is actually the one line that comes from um, uh, Sicinius. All the ma- all the mm. math bots. Those are all Sicinius's line because it's reported that yeah. he probably actually came to the front line and, and was, like, trying to gather data about how the laborers are functioning and whatnot. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, I'm going I'm going through a Dromalex animation when you defeat him frame by frame, and he doesn't do the classical ethereal dissipation. 
he just, uh, I don't know. I what don't does know. he say? I'm not, I'm not convinced. Believe. What does he say? I think he's probably dead. What does he say though? He doesn't. He doesn't say anything. Buzz Charlton says something. Oh, that's surprising. Like hard to believe yeah. that he would give himself up to that demon body and soul. Um, I think it's basically. Yeah, what I don't said. think Albaleo's got the cojones to come back from a Lukavi transformation that we've defeated. I don't think he's got that. Yeah, in him. I guess not. But I think it like it really did seem like he had the resonant. That's why he you know, just died. Like, <laughs> that would make more sense yeah. than just dying outright. Yeah, I understand. Like him, him having it to have some sort of. Uh, I mean, we. I, I can't even really say that that's that surprising because I mean, as much as we see Bagamnon mm. lose his fucking mind when he becomes a asthmat, he's still mm. very much his own motivations fuel that transfer. Like he's still talking as Bagamnon the whole time. And he loses his mind. He, just loses, he loses his, his mind, mind before yeah. then. Well, he loses his mind as soon as he picks that shit up, and he starts seeing. Exactly. He starts seeing Gabrov yeah. and, and fucking hallucinations and shit. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Albaleo has been kind of uh, presumably carrying around his aurasite for a while. Like Leon mentions, he's seen him do that transformation before. He's seen him use it and go back. It's not the first time he's done it. He's been experimenting with it for for a while. So I don't know. I think I think he is probably dead. But um, I'm not. I'm not convinced. But Lion, Menenius, <laughs> Mizio, we've still got all of them pretty much to deal with. And I won't be surprised if the fourth has some other people over in Valmain that are going to get some pretty oh, lengthy oh, explanations yeah. as well. Oh yeah. But it's I have just... a question in the back of my head, like for mm. in regards to, I guess Garlemald in particular, like. Mm-hmm. We see, we see the Fourth Legion as kind of separatist. You can say, would yeah. you say, sir? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. How's, is Gromald too busy to deal with it, or how do you think they will? They deal with it? so the Fourth was recalled to the capital by the Legatus of the Third, uh, Titus, who is. Um, uh, he was related to Solace as well. I think mm, he was, that's he was Solace's good. nephew. <laughs> that's never good. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that Titus was on the other side of the war of the conflict. Yeah, the, con- yeah, the other side of the conflict with Varus. Mm-hmm. Was it, it was Nerva, is Varus's cousin. Okay, let me, let me, let me try and find this. Let me try and pull this out for you. Um, yeah, here we go. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, Leon says, trust you're aware of the request from the Third Legion to return to the capital. Um, Leon says, ah, Nerva is just like his father Titus, weak and a coward. Okay, so Titus, yeah, Titus was Varus's competitor in the previous War of Succession. War of so, Succession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Solace's, uh, Solace's nephew is Titus. Solace's grandson is Varus. So Varus's cousin is Nerva. Nerva is the legatus of the Third Imperial Legion. It seems like he might be, apart from Xenos, the only one of Solace's progeny that is left, and that is why he's vying for the throne, why he's making a claim for the throne. He doesn't want to go near um, that throne right now. He's not... It's not, yeah. it's not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's recalled the legions back to the 
back to the capital to support his succession. And this is the point where uh, basically Noah has made public his declaration that he's sort of had, you know, at least internally, like fairly well known within the fourth legion all this time that, as you say, he's a separatist. He has no interest in supporting the, the empire um, beyond seizing this opportunity to create his own, his own domain. And he thinks he's got the ability to do that. Now, now what that means as we, uh, explore after this is that they're not getting any supplies. They're not getting any support from Garlemald whatsoever. They have no mm-hmm. home to return to. All they have is the, 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 uh, territory that they've managed to seize. Um, they hold Nagsha, they hold Borja, they hold Dalmasca. They're, they're consolidating Dalmasca, um, trying to wipe out the resistance there, and, and that, that is it. That's all they've got. Apart from Eureka Weapons, Orosite, the Resonant, <laughs> you know, probably some heckin' like Whirlit Weapons by the looks of this nonsense. They probably, you know, got some, got some shit like that. Um, well, I mean, ancient Aladdin reliquaries, so. you know, yeah, other ancient evolution weapons. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, common trend. The fourteenth went rogue. The the, the fourth's going mm-hmm. rogue. The seventh is yeah. I wouldn't say is rogue, but I mean, it did go rogue at one point. The seventh. Before oh yeah, yeah, the seventh absolutely went rogue. Yeah, yeah with, I mean, it's not nail, now, but it did. yeah, not the current seventh, but the old seventh was was super rogue. So, uh, man, solid in. Emmett, sure you not, fuck shit up. Pretty sure, <laughs> pretty soon they're not going to have any legions left. Jesus. Mm. Well, yeah. The, the 14th was <laughs> loyal. Guys was loyal to Solace. But he also not- was re- unrelenting in taking Eorzea to the point where they yeah. essentially... Uh, they were cut off in a sense. They they weren't constantly getting supplies from the capital. They were just you know mm-hmm. similar in the, to the yeah. fourth because the fourth is still considered part of the empire even if they've been completely cut off. They're not like well we don't own them anymore. No, they're like no they're they're ours. We just we're not going to help yeah. them. This is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Same like they did with the seventh. Yeah. The seventh was still the seventh. It wasn't suddenly not yeah. the seventh legion. They're just like listen, mm-hmm. you're on your own. It's going to cost us too much to actually help you. If you if you do good, cool, come back to us. But like. Well, you know, it seems Nerva is basically fighting a civil war in Garlemald right now. So it's more a mm. case of, like, we know these guys are AWOL. We just don't have the resources to deal with it. We're not going to, like, send an army down there to, like, rein in Noah because, like, you know, then we're fighting more civil war on another front. Like, we just, we can't, we can't handle it. We can't deal with that. And no one knows that. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly um, does. I don't think we're going to be done with Noah by the time this expan this this expansion's done because I feel like there's not enough time to see Noah see all Noah's plans through to fruition in two more patches. Yeah. Granted, I didn't I like expect to... that this much would be here in this patch, so who knows? Yeah, I kind of feel like we have to have a coming to Jesus moment with Noah, like we did with Barris, just like a really is that a pod really good like really Noah? good. Is that like a biblical no. thing? Okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying there. But I feel like we had to have the same kind of sit down that we had with Varys before we realized that, yeah, he's kind of a, 
It's kind of psycho. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. psycho, as reasonable as it seems. To be like, yeah, I want to create a mm. nation where it doesn't matter where you came from, your gender, I don't care. Whatever. Just mm. yeah, join me. It's, it's yeah. cool. Mm. It's like, oh, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds so bad. He's like, yeah, we're going to kill a bunch of people to make sure they agree with me, but like... We're going to do it through conquest. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, we're going yeah. to yeah. murder them, and we're going to use their bodies as test subjects for all of our experience. But, you know, we're going to use it to be better, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, you know, like, Messia believes that he can deliver that. Like, everyone in the fourth legion believes he can, yeah. They all do. They all believe that he can deliver. Um, and we haven't heard enough from him or seen enough from him to, to understand why he holds that level of, you know, charismatic sway over them. I mean, if we want to put our tin foil hats on, maybe he's got the heckin' resonant, maybe they're all tempered, you know? Maybe everyone in the Fourth Legion's literally I tempered. I believe it. Bro, I wouldn't even I be surprised if they literally act like, like... Maybe, maybe he's not, maybe Noah's not even a person, you know? Maybe he's a, just a fucking primal, you know? Maybe he's, you, know he's a, you know what's gonna happen? We're gonna go to meet him and he's gonna do this. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, yeah. fuck, not again! Uh, <laughs> oh, no! No, oh, he's no. that's he's gonna fucking he will he will though he will you know he will that's that's as soon as you see anyone's hand go oh. here in this game you're like oh fuck don't don't you do it <laughs> please, please you know what? now he's gonna now he's gonna do it six times he's gonna he's gonna be like yeah he's gonna be like. Uh. <laughs> no, 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 even for, no, like, please, if your hand goes up here, just do the thing where you make your, like, you're just like, <laughs> please do that, please don't. I really want to see, really want to see a Photoshop of Laha Prayer. It's just like. Yeah, instead of, instead of the thing, he's just doing the face change. <laughs> it's like, ah, you thought I was going to do the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to do the thing. I'm not gonna, no, he's, I don't think he's a Hessian. I mean, here's the thing. We've been oh, constantly have, talking about, really about, about, about how Asians are going to be going rogue with Fan Daniel. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, gee, maybe he's going. But then his father would have also, you uh. know, oh, fuck it. Noah's just Bosch again. Yeah, they made a fucking clone body, and it's just, it's him again. He just changed his name. There you go. It all makes sense. They have to, we have explanations for all of this. We literally have an explanation for not. everything. Body swaps so down when we, from Bosch to Noah. So when we when we fight Noah, he is going to be using Aurasite to make himself a Lukavi. He's going to be dual wielding Eureka weapons. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be riding. Stands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's going to be uh, riding another, like, you know, proto Ultima. And, um, he's gonna be he's gonna be ingrained like his lower half is just gonna be, he's only yeah. gonna see him from the upper half yeah. and he's gonna have the yeah. two swords and yeah, yeah exactly that's right yeah 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 he's gonna use um uh oh god I can't even remember the name of it now uh, construct Evans oh, weapon yeah. no he's definitely got the resonant obviously he's got the resonant yeah um oh there's just too much. <laughs> Tartarus. He's going to be using Tartarus. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got it all. A flail yeah. that has Ozma at the end of it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. 
<laughs> just just eats whole civilizations. <laughs> Man, I want to I want to see him fight Xenos now. Well, you know it's funny. Lion actually says, "I heard you bested Xenos." I based on what I've seen, I don't believe that. <laughs> he says that when you one v when you one v one him, he's like, "No, no way. Nah, you didn't dude. beat Xenos. There's no way." Huh. There's a level of respect um, and disrespect there at the same time that only a lion could achieve. What a mess. What a mess. I mean, that was that was always Emmett's... Emmett's Emmett might be gone, but this was always part of the plan. Yeah. yeah. His He has the longest enacted plans. He's the, he's not, he didn't try to solve it in five seconds like fucking La Brea and, and fucking... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Elidibus did. He's like, I'm going to mm. pretend I'm playing the long game, but like, when the time comes, it's over in five seconds. And it's like, yeah, well, should have played a long game because it's way more of a pain in our ass, in case you haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. So the final thing, I guess, with the the blades and the tempering and the ideas that we've had, you know, over the course of the Shadow Ringers, like post-patches, that tempering might be something that can be reversed or whatever. Do you guys think we're going to kill them or are you going to save them? They're fucked. I read through all their histories. They've been they're 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 all dead. I read through all their logs. I'm like, nope, that's it. They're this was this is their time. I think we get the illusion of choice before they even like inevitably die. Okay. So we we get a choice, like to like not like kill them outright or try to save them, but then it's not going to inevitably. Matter. It's not going to matter. It never does. Yeah, no, they're fucked. Okay. They're dead. Okay. They're all dead. Okay. Okay. It should be interesting to fight them, I think. Yep, because that's what um, we're going to do. So, so is um, our fight against Save the Queen going to be like uh, like Thornton? The Knights of the Round? Uh, that's what I was thinking. 48 mm-hmm. people is a lot of with, people. That's with true. With Queen Gunhilder yeah. at the center, yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's count, how, count how many of them are that she tempered and count how many people are in a raid. I think it starts to look like there's uh, eight people for each of them. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that 48-man savage isn't, you know, they're going to have to fight, fight them all and they're all going to have some sort of mechanic of some kind that's related to... Their 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 school of I don't want to fight Zevin. Zevin's a fucking maniac, dude. He, he was prophesized to die when the bat in the like battle for Basia. Yeah, and uh, well, well, it's gonna happen. We're gonna, we're gonna make yeah, sure it comes true. It, yeah. It's gonna happen. Mm. Yeah, we're we're definitely gonna bring that one to fruition. I have uh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, no, they're dead. They're so dead. Every single one of them is dead. Who even made it out? Like not. Not tempered. I don't even remember at this point. Uh, Budge Soljan and Marsak. His... I think that's like yeah. it. I think it's just them two and like the <laughs> no, random soldiers. Yeah, yeah, it was a bunch ones. of random soldiers and you know Mikoto, obviously Buwagi. Man, Buwagi's. Oh. I mean, so we're gonna much, have Fran so in the next patch. Well, almost without a doubt, Fran is coming back in five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Um. Yeah, I think I think the next one. I just I don't know whether we're going to do Dalmaska next or whether we're going to do Nagsha next. 
I mean, I think Wonky coming in is no matter what to bring us. And I think we're, I mean, I'm almost, I feel like we have to meet the, the Ash, the Shelly, a stand-in that we're expecting Fron to be answering to. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't see yeah. any way that doesn't happen in the next couple now that we've seen Bloggy. As soon as Bloggy appeared. <laughs> Everyone's like, why did I need to do Ivalice before? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, Mikoto and. There's a lot of stuff. There's, there's, there's a quite a stuff. few characters, yeah. but like Makoto, they could have Makoto, they could have written in almost like uh, you know, like if you've done it before, she recognizes. If you don't, she introduces her like that. That could have been done, but a lot of other yeah. characters are like you know, oh well, this is we want this guy. Yeah, this yeah, that's fair. Mm. Yeah, and Fordola is like. Do we need to? Where's Aaron? We need to go get Aaron Bolton Fordola. We need Fordola. Like now, we really need Fordola. Like she's she's getting more and more. Like come on. Like yeah. I understand she's on a primal think, killing squad, but still. Yeah. Think, well, also like as soon as the residents come out, like she has firsthand experience with that. She knows how that works. At least has some idea. Although yeah. I don't know if it's ever made apparent to the player. No, it is. As soon as soon as we see uh as soon as we see him in the dream, uh Mizia in the in the, the memory realm. I think it becomes at least you'd assume your character because I don't think she ever outright like claims to have the resonance or anything like that or but no. but she, she doesn't just, claim it. She doesn't have the eye. Yeah. It could be explained in the like you know, we'd already established with Sid that we can manipulate his memories. We established that like the point Originally, like way, way back in the past, the seers that, that came to Bajir and tore on this thing, presumably from the, the Onishishu, yeah. were trying to like, uh, heal people, like psychologically from the fourth, uh, calamity by, you know, going in and like manipulating their, their memories. Um, that, that is something that this crystal focus was, was designed to do. We do not know whether or not you need the echo explicitly to be able to do it. So it is possible that Missia does not have it. But the whole thing about the resonant there and the resonatorium and all that, like, I, I don't think that was a red herring. I think it's, yeah, I think it's very strongly implied that she has it now. And that that was a prerequisite in some way. For Dolas. To being able to wield the sword. <laughs> For Dolas filling the, 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 here's the equivalent of Suicide Squad right now. Pretty much. <laughs> honestly, pretty, honestly, pretty much. Is Aaron, is Aaron uh, Bolt dead shot? Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, he's, uh, no, he's, uh, he's Captain Colonel, Boomerang. Colonel. He's Captain, yeah, he's Captain no, no, Boomerang. He's the Colonel. He, 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 he's oh, sorry. yeah, no, no, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's just the, the, the lieutenant. Yeah, he's <laughs> the one under, um, under Waller's command. Like, he's Waller, like, then. He's not there. Yeah, he's Colonel Flag. There That's a go. good question. Yeah, we fuck. Um, I mean, we're gonna find out that it's fucking uh, it's Merlewub. Merlewub is Waller. <laughs> no, it's Pippin. <laughs> Pippin's Waller. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but oh man, Tataru. There you go. Hmm. Tataru Zodiac. We can't. We've been over this before. Yeah, that's you thought it, you thought it was a but that's. Elidibus was just a bigger shard. And so it's, you know, the smaller shard mm. is Tataro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's just fast. Shard. That's all it is. She knows too much. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, is there is there anything we missed here? I mean, like we can't, we just cannot go through. There's there's at least five hundred words on every single one of these. Um, it would take us at least an hour just to read through. It sure uh, does. Every single one I can I can vouch for that. <laughs> Somebody yeah. did it earlier. Oh man. Yeah. So we just can't. But I don't know if there's anything particularly important or particularly interesting that we missed or we. Um, you know, just kind of like breezed over. That's worth uh, reiterating or exploring again. I, I just, know. I just want to know. A, I want to know what the inside of where they found Save the Queen is, because I assume that's just mm-hmm. that's just the grave. Like it was buried with with what's her in, face in the crypt. There, yeah, in the crypt. Yeah, I assume that's just the corpse mm-hmm. of of uh, the last queen of Gunhilder. Um, and I don't think that's the. I thought maybe for a second was that was the Lubrum Regine, which does translate to Queen's Sanctum. At first, mm-hmm. and it would make sense because it's it's, it's her ancestor, it's Mizia's ancestor. That's that's you know there. Um, yeah, but I'm more interested in if there's any plans to do anything with Firelight's coffin because there's a lot of there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit. There's there's a giant crater that was where the original Bajan incident actually took place. It wiped out all the people yeah. who lost their families. They lived in that what that crater was before. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is huge. That is like 10 times, a hundred times the, the size of, uh, Kartner. Like if, if that had happened in Eorzea, if the Bolshe incident had happened in Eorzea, it would have caused a calamity. The only reason why it didn't cause a calamity is because it wasn't in Eorzea. Um, or, 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 because there wasn't, you know, the metaphysical stuff lined up with one of the other shots. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, that that in scale, we need to understand is that what happened to Boja was of, of a magnitude greater than what happened to Kartno, just in terms of, like, sheer destruction. I mean, it was essentially the same exact thing that caused the third calamity. That was what yeah, exactly. did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We actually yeah, know yeah. from the records that uh, even though we, we like to localize calamities to Eorzea, mm-hmm. it definitely, the whole reason why the Bosian summoned Gunhilder uh, in the way that they did was in response to what was happening with uh, with Alec. Like mm-hmm. Their calamity was mm-hmm. causing problems that they needed solved with this. Mm-hmm. So... It was uh, it was at a reaching effect, I suppose. So that's it's. I just wonder if we're going to do anything else with Firelight's coffin. Like if the over aspect of ether there has bore something that is uh, a little more despicable in nature. Yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting how like the ether has been affected like that far out, where it's so like over aspected that like. Or, or like the like the brick has just been reduced like pure earth ether to its constituent elements. Like there's a lot of kind of um, stuff we can sh- construe about how like how the calamity actually works just by looking at these ruins. Yeah, um, and not to mention that this struck we have over aspected ether in Eorzea. A lot of it's a mix mm-hmm. of Eorzea's abundance of ether with the the mm-hmm. influx of trying to repair the realm, and thus also being stopped by Bahamut not actually being dead and uh, stopping mm-hmm. the actual recovery. 
But this mm-hmm. is the result of a location way outside of Eorzea and what happens to land that doesn't have all that ether flowing through it. Mm-hmm. They're the same degree of ether, and it just becomes a barren wasteland. But I'm curious about the structure in the actual center. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, who knows? Maybe we will go there. I hadn't really like thought of that, or or suspected that we would have any reason to go there. But um, that's certainly an interesting thought. I just like. Um, I just want to know more, so I can get it wrong in A or Z, but I want to know more. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that for sure. I mean, the zone, the zone's really interesting. Like, it's it feels a little bit kind of empty and and mm. and well, barren. It is, that it is on the outskirts of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's almost kind of reasonable that you know, given its proximity to Firelight's coffin, that uh, not a whole yeah. lot going on there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, just to, to reiterate for people that don't understand, um, Dalamud was. Uh, effectively collecting solar energy. Um, it was a massive sort of solar power plant, which was supposed to, you know, charge Alag, charge its, its cities and all that. Um, and Bahamut was used as a kind of, uh, like a battery, basically, for that energy. Um, and uh, when kind of backed into a corner, Zande tried to use all of that energy to open a void gate, drew way too much of it into the crystal tower. They calculated and worked out the crystal tower could withstand it, but the earth couldn't. And it just shattered and, mm. you know, and all that. So it seems like when Dalamo was reactivated, the first thing it did was let like a huge amount of that solar energy just straight down into the citadel. Um, yeah. So looking at it, we've got a pretty like good idea of what the, you know, the calamity that destroyed Alec would have looked like. Yeah. Just on a smaller uh, scale. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on a small scale, yeah. But, like, looking at it, like, that's what Cartno, sorry, not Cartno, that's what um, uh, Mordona would have looked like, you know, yes. 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I like visual representation, especially because if Forspoken <laughs> ends up being the name of the next expansion, as is, people are still wondering if that actually is. It's, uh... Yeah. I. So, it seems to be a new IP, which is yeah, I've heard people say that it's it's going to be the name of Luminous's game instead, which is a new IP. Yeah, yeah, so, I've seen that. <laughs> um, they've taken a, a, a like a, a they've grabbed like a Twitter handle for it and stuff. So it seems like it's not just going to be Final yeah. Fantasy. You know what? That worked for predicting sixteen in the past. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably about right. But a know, safe assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard to say. Now, while we're on that topic, oh, I'd like God. to remind you that sometime in the next 10 days, the Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. teaser site will be live mm-hmm. with oh, tidbits boy. about the characters and stuff. So mm-hmm. We might have to have so, a little discussion. <laughs> depending on, depending on the volume, mm-hmm. because it won't be like yeah. Mas- anything Matsuno did. So if the vol if there's a re- nope. if there's any any reasonable volume, we may have to have a discussion about it. Yeah, I yeah, I think I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be making yeah. <laughs> I, um, I couldn't believe so many people took that seriously. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Like you have no idea. If nothing else I produce ever goes viral like that again, I can I can die happy. I'm so. Uh, 
Um, I'll be making a lore video about everything we know about the lore of Final Fantasy 16 so far when they come out with that site. So if we want to do a TBG um, to have like a you know a denser kind of discussion about that, then I'd be yeah for that. Depending on the volume again, yeah. we, we we should because yeah. we'll probably be following yeah. that very closely in its development. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't know if there's, if there's much more, like, again, we, we could spend all day just, like, talking about each of these characters and every little thing that we've learned about Landis, about Bodger, about Dalmasca, about all these, you know, these new institutions, these, uh, mage knights, the Path of the Verdant, the, um, I, I can't, I can't remember the name of them yet, uh, uh, off the top of my head, but the, the, the nomadic Elizen clan that sort of wanders through Ilzabad's. There's so, so much stuff here. Um, but I think we've covered all the big, important strokes. I'd say so. Discord's starting to shit itself, so the sooner the better that we probably wrap things up. <laughs> I don't know why it's shitting itself, but it is. So Classic. Classic. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Well, shall with, we? Yeah, shall we? We shall end. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this uh, lore explanation for Bazia. Now, uh, given the next show, I don't know when FS wants to do Air Zivia in particular. He said he, yeah. he said he thinks he can be ready by next week. Um, yeah, if it's not next week, it'll be the week after, guys. So we'll. Um, presuming you guys don't already have something set up for the week. After. No, no, we don't. We, we're we're waiting until we're done yet. with kind of these core shows. Then we have some shows that are. In the backlog that we need mm-hmm. to get to that we've we've already arranged. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay, so so here, here's where I'm at at the moment. I am editing my uh, basically playthrough for the Bodger story, um, and at the side, I'm basically making my notes as I go through. So if I'm making good progress on that in the next couple of days, then we will do the law show next week. But um, basically, I'll let you guys know within the next couple of days whether or not that's going to be uh, realistic. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. Oh, and okay. chat's bringing something up that, by the way, we've known since this morning. Um, it was on mm-hmm. the Japanese forums when I woke up at like five thirty in the morning. They're they're changing the time, the prep time for Cashroom from one minute to six minutes. Um, so that way, if you're in a CE, you can finish the CE and then get in. Go and go and get your yeah. uh, actions and. Yeah, too bad that doesn't solve any of the one v one issues, but you know that's something. Yeah, they they mentioned that on the JP forums this morning. That's just making the rounds in the Western. Accounts and everything. Oh. That's a relief. It'll be a relief when I, I can spend shorter clusters on one v ones. That'll be a relief. Yeah, look, they'll think of something for the one v ones. Whether it's that or whether I saw Mary was suggesting maybe like every time you don't get it, you get like a, get like a some like a point. You're basically more likely. Yeah, some kind of point system where you're more likely to get it if you've kind of missed them, and then it resets once you get it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But they'll th- I'm sure they'll think of something. I just sure want that shit in the rest of the world. I want. Yeah, yeah exactly. When yes. I go yep. into 6.0 phase, yep. I want to see critical engagements and duels. <laughs> yes, please, absolutely. That would be phenomenal. Do it retroactively. Give it to us for like era primals. Like, God, that'd be so good. I'd love that. Mm. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's a pity system. Yeah, I played Genshin. I know all about pities. I play gotcha <laughs> games. I know all about. I know all about pity systems. That's essentially what it is. All right. Uh, okay. Well, with that, ladies okay. and gentlemen, 
Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of State of the Realm. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on when the mm-hmm. Air Zivia will be. We'll cover all of 5.3. Uh, that includes stuff that we talked about on our lore episode a couple months ago. So I can't wait for us to get it wrong. Hey, that is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. So we can get it wrong and you can learn what's right. Uh, thank you again to our sponsors, Steel Series, we mentioned at the start of the show. Of course, we also had our patrons whose, name, whose names have been scrolling in the top right the entire time. I don't even bother. I think it's actually this way because my camera's reversed, but I can never remember. We had some new patrons that aren't on that list because it all happened this morning. Uh, I don't have your names updated either, so let me just, I'll just do what's here. We have a Boggs, an Anthus, a Lone Lion, and a Dodge, all of which are new patrons of various tiers. Uh, and of course a Linnea as well, whose name was from another day, but it's not on this list for some reason altogether. God, I, you know what? I didn't even hear you copy and pasting it until I tabbed back over. I didn't, I literally was like, wow, it's so quiet right now. And then it, fuck, stop doing that. You're going to break Discord that can't handle all the movement. <laughs> all right, that's too Jersey for me. I just, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to all of our patrons, our patrons of Darkness, Kuja Cross on Genova and Kernayoni. Thank you to both of them. Thank you to everyone whose name has been scrolling there and who's been supporting State of the Realm, the channel, overall. And I fucking heard it that time! <laughs> I heard it that time. No, no, you bullshit, because you because I see five pod champs from you. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Alright, Shaggy. <laughs> I didn't ride on the park champs. It wasn't me. Didn't get all hyped up. It wasn't me. It was all the Twitch chat. It wasn't me. They just really like Patreon. It wasn't me. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Anthus. For those of you jabronis that don't follow me, uh, I do lore videos on the Yubtubs, youtube.com slash Anthus Asher. Um, I make viral memes about Final Fantasy 16 uh, characters on Twitter, uh, .com slash Ethis Asher. If you've heard of Shardbert, you're welcome. Um, I stream on Twitch several days a week, twitch.tv slash Ethis Asher, all the other places, all the social means. You can find me and, uh, and check out the silly things that I do and, uh, back here for more Aeosibia very soon. So thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate the platform. Um, Sly. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? He wants to hey. escape this show in particular so much. <laughs> God, you have no idea. Um, hi. I'm Sly. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, aka Great Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. Uh, currently I'm doing a lot of Bajja. Uh, working on, you know, leveling jobs and getting things from, well, mainly getting runner secrets now. Since those are pretty much the only things I need. Um, other than that, you know, the usual. Uh, ooh, yes. We are in a new season of Shin Megami Tensei Saturday. We have gone through the Velvet Room Diaries. We are back on mainline, and I am starting the Nocturne Hard Type because I hate myself, and you'll love to see that. Uh, also, uh, we are we always do Station WSOI. We're through the 70s and 80s of Japan every Saturday night. Hell yeah. So... He's look forward to that as well. Hey, happy. You can find me, Mr. Happy One Two Two Seven, at Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Doing a lot of Bazia right now. Um, I've 
I've been surprised. One thing I want to say about the content since 5.3 came out, uh, both my content on YouTube and my content and the content of the game, I have not played this much Final Fantasy XIV in quite some patches. And it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure to make content about it and to be able to enjoy it with a vast array of people, whether it be White Mage tanking and Bajir are doing way too much Seed of Sacrifice. That's, that's been, both those things have been in my MO for the last several weeks, several months. It's been absolutely, uh, insane. On top of that, Genshin, um, I got the Klee banner in two hours and, uh, I'll be pulling for that tomorrow. Don't you eye roll me. I'm, I've got 13,000 gems saved up. I've got a bunch of, I've got like 15 fates. Ready to go to you need not, intervention. To not you need get an intervention. To, what do you mean? I'm gonna call Defoo! Dude, I gotta do my free Defoo poll for the day. Hold on, they got the campaign draw, they're resetting daily right now. I'm I'm calling the police. Let's see, hold on, they got let's see if I get like I got Arden's BT. Uh, I got two of them, actually. One from the free draw and one I got it from a few. I got his LD right now. Oh my, never mind, this is bad. <laughs> never mind. Hold on. Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, I'll tell you that Pokemon see comes the, out later this week. See you for the intervention tomorrow. Crown Tundra comes out. I got to do some shiny hunting. We've got Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, November 12th. Demon Souls, November 12th on the PlayStation 5 for the release. So we got some got some fun stuff coming up. Mm. Yeah. So mm. uh, just remember, yeah. when it comes to Genshin Impact, don't wail on the game. Just simp your favorite streamer, mm. and they'll wail on it for you. Okay. <laughs> That's except me. I don't do that shit. Don't even. Don't even. No. no. Well, yeah, you have to remember no, playing. I mean, don't you don't pay them even, to play. Yeah, the, I haven't yeah. even opened the game. I haven't even opened the game. That's how. Yeah. So, Open would yeah. imply you've installed it. I have installed it. Uh oh. Uh-oh. That's an admission Uh-oh. you should have made. <laughs> like it's been you've installed for like ever since it was available. You made a so. mistake, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Uh, bad error. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Not going to happen. All right. And uh, with that, I think we're good to wrap up the show. So we're going to go on to a short post show, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll be wrapping up. Uh, Sly, are you streaming after this? Do you have anything planned for the evening? You done for the I day? sure am. All right. There you go. And at this, I know isn't. He needs to go to eat food and get to bed and whatnot. So. Uh, go hang out with Sly for the rest of the afternoon once he decides, once he goes live again. So thanks everyone for hanging out. We will see you for Air Zivia next time on State of the Realm. So enjoy your weeks and we'll see you next time. Until then. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you soon.